Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast for Friday, June the 12th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about Governor Hutchinson's announcement that the state is moving into phase two of reopening amid a dramatic spike in cases and hospitalizations. We'll also talk about the end of Diane Zook's time on the State Board of Education, Commerce Secretary Mike Preston, and probably some more. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. So this was a big week for you. You turned 70 and got a haircut. Yeah, I did get a haircut. So far, I, I haven't gotten the virus, I'm happy to say. Why was that? How was the experience? Well, this I, I went to a guy who cuts my wife's hair, and he's a one-man guy. He doesn't let anybody else in while you're waiting. Uh, he rubs everything down with Lysol. He wears a mask. He washes his hands. You have to wear a mask. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I mean, it's about as good as you can get. I, it, there was really interesting new study out today from some bunch of scientists somewhere that, that said, I mean, washing your hands and disinfecting, all that's good stuff, but, but wearing a mask is key. The transmission of the virus by air is is the thing and not wearing masks early on where we got the advice it wasn't important was really one of the most damaging things that ever happened so and then that being in a room like that that famous study the restaurant where just people were in there talking and filling the air with their droplets so anyway i i thought this was about the best way you could do it i guess it might have been better if we could have had it cut outside in the park but he didn't have a chair or anything out there so so it went well but i feel better with my haircut anyway i'll make a beautiful corpse if something happens that's that's kind of dark humor i shouldn't say that anyway okay well that, that's a good segue to talk about the big news of the, of the week and uh that's uh two things that are at all uh can you hear me yeah i can hear you uh that's two things that are odds one one is that governor hutchinson announced that it's time to move into phase two. And the other is that we had the biggest spike in in new cases and hospitalizations that we've seen so far. No, we set a record yesterday and then we blew that record out of the water today. Well, it was kind of it was two cases short of a one day record, but it was a one day record for community cases, not counting prisons. But today we blew it all out of the water, like 736 cases, more than 500 out in the community. Uh, a big number of these came from uh, an intensive testing program by Tyson Foods among its employees up in northwest Arkansas. I think they found a couple of hundred or almost a couple of hundred up there. Uh, there's been another outbreak in a prison, another state prison in east Arkansas. You get the feeling if we can ever get around to testing all the congregate places that the, the, the number of cases is going to be enormous. The state's overall positive testing rate keeps creeping up. It's about six and a half percent. The governor keeps saying, oh, that's a good number against this supposed 10 percent watermark. But I, I don't know. I mean, there there's a lot more cases out there. A lot of people, the governor says that it wants like it's a good thing and a bad thing that most of the people who are getting tested are asymptomatic. Well, that means they might not get sick enough to have something terrible happen to them. But of course, they're walking time bombs for people they're exposed to. But he's uh, not sorry he didn't shelter in place. He absolutely is sure he's right about moving to phase two. He said he 
did this in consult with his medical advisory team. He didn't really disclose that there was a vote taken among those people on this. I, you really have to wonder. But he, he's really just adopted the side of the economy. He said, he said, number one, you can't expect Arkansas people to quarantine themselves forever because they're such undisciplined, stupid shits, I suppose. Uh, the, the other thing is, he said, we've got to get this economy going, that that's a crisis that that, that essentially is more important than health, that we're just going to have to, you know, take some licks, some sick people and some dead people because it's just too important to get this economy going again. He seems positive, positively proud that because he didn't shelter in place, that our economy wasn't as affected as badly. He kind of threw out a general statement that, well, other states that sheltered more are having problems. Well, yeah, they're having, I mean, the cases, the virus doesn't go away, but I don't know. I think Los Angeles, I mean, uh, San Francisco did pretty darn well by shutting down right at the starts. There have been other places that have had good success. Um, you know, we're, we were lucky to not have a lot of exposure to start, but this thing travels. And, you know, even he said he wasn't sure that by fall he could take some economic development trips he'd like to take because who knows? And, and indeed, who knows? I, but the problem I, I have with this is mixed messaging. He says we need to open bars, restaurants, theaters, entertainment venues, youth baseball, summer camp, public schools, a number of these being congregate settings involving people, children, who are not particularly easy to discipline in the first place. At the same time, he's saying we've just got to be really careful. We, we ought to socially distance and wash our hands and wear masks wherever possible. But I'm not going to make anybody do that because I couldn't. It'd be unenforceable. And I just think that inevitably leaves a message with a lot of people who have been influenced by Donald Trump. This is a Trump state after all that. Oh, this is all overblown. And so I'm not going to wear a mask to hell with it. That's it's only a bunch of chickens that wear masks. You know, it's not manly to wear masks. I ain't going to do it. Well, I ain't going to do business with anybody who doesn't. I'll tell you that. And I'm not going to go out and expose myself to idiots like that either. So and I think I'm not alone in that. So. Yeah, well, the divide is interesting. I mean, I, you know, anecdotally, everybody has the stories. I had to go to Home Depot today and very few people were wearing masks. I mean, it, the governor uses his daily briefing as somewhat of a P PSA to remind people of the importance of wearing masks, but the message does not seem to get through. It also... And know, he lies. He lies and says, oh, people are doing really great. That's just bullshit. They're not. They're, they're, they're in huge numbers. They're not especially as it relates to Northwest Arkansas, where a lot of the outbreak outbreak has been focused, as you mentioned, on poultry plants. There's, there's a sort of classist and frankly racist undertone to this insistence that if everyone will just be smart and disciplined, we won't have a problem. I mean, you, you have people, many of whom are immigrants, who are working very low-wage jobs that have been deemed essential. Uh, they have no... They can't stop if they have health concerns and continue to get paid. And we're seeing what happens when people who work in these very tight quarters continue to work. And they go home and they live sometimes in, in extended families with a lot of members in close quarters. And, and that's sort of the, the paradox or something of some of these rules. You know, we pass these rules that say, Okay, and certain, you know, restaurants could only be two-thirds capacity, but you can't have more than 10 people at a table. And, and, and at the venues, 
families are exempted from the rules that, that prevent groups. Families can sit together. Well, guess what? Families can give it to each other. <laughs> you know, I, that, And they do in huge numbers, it turns out, particularly if they've had to go out and work in congregate settings where they don't know who they're being exposed to. And this is you can this is going to be true in public schools. It is true already in the prisons. It is true in nursing homes. You know, I, I, I don't I mean, I don't have an answer. And, and the best answer to critics like me is to say, so what would you do? And, and I'm fortunate enough to be in an economic circumstance and have a job where I can work at home and not go out and, and, and order stuff from Amazon or, or Kroger or whoever. So, I, I mean, it's, it's easy to pontificate and it's hard to know what to do. But uh, well, that's true. And, and, and it, it, you're right. But the messaging definitely has been, as, as you and we have repeatedly pointed out, has been entirely focused on the employer and, yes. and never focused on the worker. Never. Making those poor. Really arms way. Making those poor people work in the chicken plants because we got to keep the chicken parts moving. As of yet, if there is a special legislative session, it's going to be in trying to cut employers a break on workers' comp, which is already incredibly weighted in their advantage to begin with. The Supreme Court is out there. Ernie Dumas wrote a, a very smart, deep article today on how the Supreme Court has become politicized in the Republican direction and is on a course to make it impossible to sue businesses and make it impossible for the state, even if it's willing to regulate business, which it rarely is, to do so. I mean, and, and we, you know, you've got a billionaire heir, a lucky sperm club member who's head of Hutchinson's Economic Recovery Task Force, Stuart Walton, because his name is Walton, as if somehow inheriting billions of dollars conferred great wisdom upon him. And he's made it very clear what they're looking for is to help business. And item number one is to prevent them from being sued. I mean, give me a damn break, you know? And what about the workers? What about them? You know, a living wage, adequate health coverage, decent compensation. The Supreme Court just passed a case this week where a guy got melted by a broken smelter at a steel plant, got just, just melted literally into a puddle by molten steel. The court said, sorry, no negligence for you, bud. You get whatever your death benefit is from workers' comp, and it ain't much in Arkansas, I can tell you. This is a cold, heartless state, and, and Asa does it with a smile. I mean, he doesn't. he's not as mean as Donald Trump or as mean and avenging as a Tom Cotton, but the result is the same. It, you know, I mean, the end result is just as painful just because he gives it the castor oil with a grin doesn't make it go down any easier. Okay, well, uh, let's leave it there, though we will certainly be returning to that in future weeks and uh, talk about the end of Diane Zook's tenure on the State Board of Education. Uh, oh, man, that was a officially long time. That was the end of the month, but she had a last long year. 10 years. A long I, 10 years. You know, she, was, uh, she came on with an agenda and uh, she did her best to try and put it in place certainly it led to the destruction of the little rock school district and she tried to take over its operation and was not wholly successful in that although too successful as far as i'm concerned but the the results were at best mixed and and perhaps worse than that 
And so, uh, you know, her, her, uh, her departure is, uh, is a cause for celebration, but you know, the governor just filled a, a, a vacant seat with somebody who was homeschooled and worked for Walmart and has no experience in public education and is, uh, based on what I've seen on her Facebook, a pretty thoroughly far right religious oriented Republican politician. She got beaten for a house race last, last March. And so that's not so great. And, and Zook's replacement, I'm sure it will be some other awful person. So, you know, I, it's, that's, that's been his record as awful people. Now, I will say, let's, several people say erroneously that Zook was a Republican appointee. She was yeah. a Mike Beebe appointee and, and a terrible one. But yeah. Beebe at least did this on his appointees on the board. He balanced them. He would balance a Diane Zook with a Jay Barth or with a Maria Reith. And so... You had some diverse voices, not anymore. You, you just got you just got a bunch of people ready to rubber stamp to walk an agenda on there now, and that's that's certainly not good for the Little Rock School District. But I think this is a good point to mention: is that public schools are about to undergo an upheaval. I, I think you covered yesterday the State Board of Education where they did some talking about planning for how they're going to start the school year, and the plans are not final and. I mean, everything is kind of in a state of flux. There's this magic word blend classroom with online instruction, but I had to laugh. I don't know if you saw, I posted it. Democrat Gazette put out a tweet on their coverage of the board meeting, said Johnny Key promises we'll be back in the classroom in the fall. First of all, fall, August ain't fall. We're going to be back in the classroom in eight weeks in theory. It's going to be hot as hell. It won't be fall. But second, then about 10 minutes later, there was a tweet from a TV station in Bentonville on what the Bentonville School District has decided to do. And yeah, they're going to have some blended classes, but they're also going to have a, a, an entire virtual education option. That is all computer instruction at home. And if you opt for that choice, you can't renege. You've got to stay in it for a full semester. I, I think the school choice people see this pandemic thing as an excuse to enormously expand online education and other forms of non-traditional public schools and you know they the the virtual school I and here but here's the thing so Bentonville goes to virtual schools I guess they'll still let those kids go down to the band room and play the trumpet go to the choral room and sing and go to the football field for sure because whatever you do you don't want to keep a kid out of football again I don't have a solution but the people who talk easily as if this is going to be fixable. And Johnny Key says, oh, this won't be like the last nine weeks of this last school year. I'm afraid in too many school districts it will be exactly like that, a a poor imitation of a real education. Yeah, well, I mean, and I, I didn't catch all the state board meeting, but there was a, a lot of talk rural districts about lack of Internet and how that that really disrupted everything. Uh, sure. the end of the year and that's going to be a problem coming up so you know i think uh, if you live in in board camp arkansas you're gonna have a hard time getting a wi-fi signal presuming you can you can afford a computer out at your place out at board camp i i don't know and well these these i mean in fairness i don't like to do that but in fairness this is an unprecedented situation and it's evolving I mean, we don't know where it will stop, if a vaccine will be developed, if treatment will be developed. We're, there's just so much we don't know. Yeah. Well, so it's hard. 
and it's it's difficult for the state to plan because their their districts look so different. I mean, what 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 is good in Imboden may not be good in the LRSD. Uh, people no, I, urban I, actually, I actually think over the years there have been some small, tiny rural school districts that have kind of defeated prospects, even with poor students, typically up in the Ozarks. You know, I think of Deer, Arkansas, and, and Timbo, and some places in Fox, and some places like that. And they, I don't know, they kind of have a certain devotion to education of a sort. They don't have huge curriculums. But they have these little close-knit communities, and some of those will survive, but a lot of them just won't. And, and a lot of them just don't have the resources, and, and the state will not give them the resources. And, you know, I, I just fear that it will be the classic deal, that the, the rich will prosper and the, the poor will suffer. Uh, well, let's let's talk about our final topic, and that's Commerce Secretary Mike Preston, who— ah alone among state employees is getting a, a significant raise. A $54,000 bonus for Mike Preston, the Commerce Secretary, recommended by the governor. The governor tries to say, well, we promised him this when he was hired, and, and this isn't public money. Well, this, this is more baloney. Yeah, the, the money comes in a supplement from the Arkansas Industrial and Economic Development Foundation. It was set up, number one, to buy booze for parties to entertain industrial projects. Also to fly Mike Preston on first class when he has to go to China so he doesn't have to sit and coach. And also to give Preston bonuses. They put in about 125 to create this little slush fund, and they get it back so many times over. An incredibly mean workers' comp policy incredibly mean unemployment compensation policies and incredibly lax state regulation and corporate tax favoritism, not just in rates, but in accounting procedures. So, and also some of these companies, believe me, you pay as the public, they build it into their cost of business. If energy gives $50,000, you can figure they're getting it back from somewhere. So there's that. Apart from that, apart from the fact that the governor this week told state employees they'd be getting no bonus and pay raises, apart from that, and apart from the fact that the budget got cut last year for the remainder of the year that ends June 30th and for next year, it was not a good year for Mike Preston. <laughs> he uh, lost the Chinese paper mill. He lost the Chinese textile company. We lost the corporate headquarters of an oil company that started in Arkansas. They bungled the rollout of federal uh, additional regular unemployment compensation. They blamed it on a bad computer system, which they had had five years to fix and haven't fixed. They totally bungled and screwed up and played favorites on the Ready for Business grant program to Smart Business. And then there's the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program that 30,000 self-employed people have been trying to get. That's, of course, the one where we disclosed a huge security breach but it's much worse than that. They claim the website is working. They claim their phone bank is working. I got dozens of people writing me every day saying that is horse hockey. That is not true and that they can't get answers. And then they think they get an answer and then they change the rules on them. And they continue to blithely say, oh, it's just working fine. This is Mike Preston's department. He's responsible for all these disasters. And he's getting a bonus bigger than the average pay of the average Arkansas worker, if they're lucky enough to still be employed. It's an insult to taxpayers. It's, it's an outrage. 
And, and another outrage while we're out on outrages, Leslie Rutledge this week also told her employees, no pay raises for you either this year because times are tight. This is a woman who spent $1.7 million in public money on advertising to promote herself to run for governor in two years. You know, and and they do it with a smile and we accept it. So we got nobody to blame for ourselves. But we, I mean, as I wrote today, somebody got the gold mine. That would be Mike Preston and Leslie Rutland. The rest of us got the shaft. All right. Well, let's let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. Oh, man. Uh, I just got uh, from catering to you from some friends for a birthday present. One of the best things about an Arkansas summer, a blackberry cobbler. Oh, nice. Big, fat, tart, seedy blackberries with a lot of crust on it and some ice cream. And, and I, unfortunately, I couldn't lay my hands on any Arnells, but it's... but. Any vanilla little storm will do. So I'm I'm a happy guy with some black with some blackberry cobbler. Yeah, my my family found uh, in a park. I'm not going to reveal where because it's, it's our secret spot. But we found uh, some blackberry bushes and have picked quite a few enough to make several. Wow. Um, they're early blackberries. These the ones I got are said to be from Rye Mountain. I, I did I knew them for daffodils. I didn't know they had a blackberry farm up there. But anyway. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a happy camper. Well, that's great. Well, I have nothing. Um, so everybody stay safe out there. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with you next week. Oh, oh, and don't forget to go to Donald Trump's birthday party at the Capitol Sunday, 2 o'clock, put on by the Trump Party of Arkansas, that once known as Republicans. The governor isn't on the list of speakers. That crazy woman, Jan Morgan, who ran against him is. Ought to be fun. I suspect the counter. Protest. Keep your distance. That's a rabid group. All right. Everybody take care. See ya.